0: You know, my wife had no idea what the Holy Ghost spoke to me to minister today, and the, the whole the whole th- theme of what was said today. And I titled my message yesterday. The Lord started dealing with me with this because I, y- y'all know I've been talking about the Holy Ghost on Sunday mornings, and uh, sometimes I say I'm going to start something. and the Next thing, you no, know, God's got other plans on different services, and I'd rather have de- take God's plan rather than my own. And so, the title of my message is this. When the odds seem overwhelming, when the odds seem overwhelming. And I'm telling you, I would, when I sat down last night and just started putting the scriptures together that the Lord started dealing with me about and, and, uh, to help you when it seems like there's an overwhelming circumstances and situations in your life. And there's a lot of people feel like they're overwhelmed. It literally means to be crushed and, uh, to be feel like you're being crushed or pressed. And, uh, actually the, the, let me tell you what the definition of that word is. It's to be over, it's overspread or crushed beneath something. Violent and weighty. And, uh, or we could just say pressure. And, uh, in Psalms 55, if you'll open your Bibles there, I want to read just a few scriptures here, but I'm really going to go minister at another spot and spend most of my time this morning or all my time this morning there. And, uh, it's in verse, uh, Psalms 55. It's a, it's a Psalm of David. And it says this in verse 1, it says, Give ear to my prayer, and I'll be in the New King James. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and hear me. I am restless in my complaint and moan noisily. Because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they bring down trouble upon me, and in wrath they hate me. My heart is severely pained within me, and terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. So I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and the tempest. I'm telling you, David had circumstances in his life that overwhelmed him. Isn't that what it said? He was overwhelmed. We wonder sometimes, is anybody else being overwhelmed like I am? Listen, there's no no temptation given that man knows anything about that it's not common among other brethren. And so no matter what you're going through in your life today, no matter what you're facing, sometimes you get to the place in your life that you wonder if God even hears you when you pray. Let me tell you something. Can I assure you of something this morning? The Bible says his ears are open to your prayers. The Bible says the, the cries of the righteous are heard by God. So you can't you don't need to sit in around thinking, I don't even know if God hears me. Listen to me, God Hears you. God sees you. God knows what you're dealing with. God knows what you're going through in your life. And He cares about that. And He wants to set you free of that oppression or that depression in your life or whatever it might be. L- listen, uh, reports. Uh, we've been having seen people in our church have been getting bad reports from the doctors and such as that. And listen to me, it's it's not a it's not a sign that God's forsaken you. It's just the fact that we live in a fallen world, a cursed world. and I'm telling you, the devil is the God of this world and he comes to steal, he comes to kill and he comes to destroy. But the Bible tells us that we can resist him steadfast in the faith and he would flee from us. God made provision for us to live a healthy life, a prosperous life, a peaceful life, a joyful life. He's already made all the provisions and once we find those things out, there's an action that we have to take. See, if we do nothing, we get nothing. Right? There's something we have to do. Now, I want to go over to, uh, Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. I'm just going to go, i going to where God led me to. And this is a story about Jehoshaphat. I, if I'm saying it right, if I'm not, that's okay. In verse one, okay. chapter 20, and, uh, when odds seem overwhelming, I'm going to show you in the Bible what you can do when it seems like you're being overwhelmed. It says, It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. And and then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, there in Hazazon, Tamar, which is in Jedi. And Jehoshaphat feared. You know, think about this. Did you know one of the first uh, responses to a, the some circumstances and situation is fear? Did you realize that? And he feared when he found out these great army was coming against him. Fear, first thing that come to him was fear. God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power and a beloved sound. Now, listen to me. If, l- l- I just want you to hear what I've got to say this morning, because if you stay in fear, faith cannot work. And I'm telling you, fear is, fear, uh, many times fear is the absence of faith. But the thing about it is, when you say, and and he did fear, and listen, he, there, there was a multitude coming against them. I'm talking about three kings that done rose up with their armies to come and destroy them and take everything they had. So you could understand how he had to be overwhelmed by this situation. But the first thing that come up was fear. The Bible says he feared. He feared. Sometimes when we get bad reports or, or something happens, you know what's the first thing that all wants to rise up? is fear. Well, that is not, fear is not in you. God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of sound mind. So fear is not in you, so we know it's an outside force. It's an outside force. And all of a sudden, you have to pull, listen to me, there's times you have to pull yourself back into faith. You have to bring yourself back into faith because if you don't bring yourself back into faith, you'll continue to walk in that fear or dread of that report coming to pass. Listen, whose report will you believe? That's what Isaiah asked. Whose report will you believe? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been extended? That's His power, that's His strength, that's His might. Here's who it's extended to, those who believe the report of the Lord, which is the Word of God. So Jehoshaphat feared, but notice what he said, he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah so that uh, Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Listen, one of the first things you need to do when it seems like you're being overwhelmed, you need to seek God. You need to seek God. He ought to be your first, he ought to be your first go-to. Right here to be your first go to you are to be instantly going to God. Listen, no matter what the situation is, you are to first of all, seek God. I mean, you may have to deal with fear, but you can deal with fear. You can resist fear. You can cast fear out. But I'm telling something you have to seek God. Why? Because listen to me. He has the answer. I said he has the answer. Shout it with me. He has my answer. answer. You got to seek God to get the answer. And so he has the answer, and I, I, I kind of wrote some steps down here, and, and, uh, and it's, uh, I put number one, the first thing a Jehoshaphat did was to fast and seek God. Do you know sometimes you might have to fast? You say, it come to that? <laughs> you mean I might have to not eat a meal? Oh, shoot. Huh? I tell you what, no matter how bad we're feeling, it seems like we always have time for a meal. (laughs) Me, anyway. I'm telling you, sometimes what they did, and he, he not only uh, proclaimed, he not only said, I'm going to fast for this, I'm going to have everybody fast with me. How would you like it if I stood up one day, one Sunday and said, okay, I'm going to ask y'all to do something with me? We're going to fast for a week. That's probably the response I would get. (laughs) It'd go quiet in the church. And we're going to pray. See, fasting and prayer, that's what they did. They fasted and prayed and sought God. See, they go together. Amen? And so, listen to me. Did you know, I don't know why I'm going to say this, just a few minutes. And fasting is is something that, it, it, it don't change God. It don't change God, but it causes you to be more sensitive and closer to God because you're denying yourself something. Huh? It's getting your body under control, basically. Amen? Getting your body under control. And uh, I remember, uh, gosh, several years ago, Jensen Franklin inspired me. Anybody ever listen to Jensen Franklin? I love listening to that guy. He comes up with some stuff. And, uh, and he inspired me because he's got that 21 days of fa- uh, fasting in, in uh, January. And so I told Linda, I bought his books. I bought both books on, on the, the 21 days of fasting and, the, and, the, and the, the benefits of fasting, just on your physical body. And not just, not just spiritually, but spiritually, physically. And so I told Linda, I am going to join him in this 21 days fast in January. And so I, I did, man. I set, here's what I did. I set my mind to it. If you don't set your mind to something, you ain't going to do nothing. You say, well, what about your heart? I tell you, your mind many times overrules your heart. Huh? And so I set my mind that I was not going to eat anything solid for 21 days. So I bought me a juicing machine and and I, I juiced stuff. I juiced all kinds of stuff. And I would have ground a hamburger up for a minute, but that just didn't sound appealing, huh? But I did put chicken noodle in a blender and ground that sucker up, and I, I, I drank, I ate me some, I drank me some chicken noodles, huh? And I made the whole 21 day fast. And I tell you what, it, it, I mean. It, 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 of course, I dropped weight like crazy, and I really didn't need to, but I lost a lot of weight. But the thing about it is, it 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 did something for me. It did something for me. And so he set a fast, and he he called for all of Judah that they would come and seek the Lord. Why? Listen to me. Why did he call all Judah? Because they were all in danger, huh? I mean, the devil don't care who you are. The enemy don't care who you are. And it goes on to say in verse 5, "...then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and he said, O Lord... Uh, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven and do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? Now listen to me. He's sitting there and I wrote this down because I thought about this. And uh, here's what he's doing. He's encouraging himself in the Lord. What's he doing? He's telling God who he is. Does God know who he is? So it wasn't for God's benefit. Whose benefit was it for? Jehoshaphat. He's telling God, you're a great God. You're a mighty God. You're my God. Listen to me. There's times you have to uh, literally... Uh, I, I, here's what I said. He encouraged himself in the Lord. He was reminding himself of who God is. I mean, you need to remind yourself of what God has said and what He has done for you. I'm talking about when you seem in your lowest rate, you need to look up and say, but God, here's who you are. You are my healer. You are my deliverer. You are my provider. You are my joy. You are my peace. You are my comfort. You're everything that I need. Praise God. I'm not going to succumb to this enemy's attack on me. I am going to rejoice in the Lord God, my Savior. Come on, church. I mean, sometimes if we're not careful, we're all, all we're doing is saying, woe is me. We have a pity party and sit back and, and wish somebody would come. And there's some people that will come. Thank you. Huh? I like to have private pity parties, just to be honest with you. I don't really want nobody with me. Huh? You said, Pastor, you have pity partners. A whole lot less now. A whole lot less now. But I found this out. I can tell, I can start rehearsing who God is. Oh, hallelujah. I can start saying how good God is. God, you're so good to me and my family. Sometimes if we're not careful, all we're looking at is what we don't have instead of acknowledging all the things that we do have. Praise God. Let me tell you something. You do have God. You do have God. It goes on to say, and they dwell and uh the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever, and they dwell in it, have built you a sanctuary in it for your name's sake. If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and say, Listen to what it says, For your name is in this temple. Can I just say something to you? You are the temple of God, and his name is in your temple. I said, His name is in your temple. Oh, the name that's above every name, the greatest name that's ever been spoken out of a human's mouth is the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is a great and mighty God. And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sire whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are. Listen to what he said. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Notice what it said. They're coming to take what you gave us. They're coming to take what you gave us. And that's exactly what the devil wants to do is take from you what God has given you. Amen. He wants to take what you possess in God. Listen to me. You need to make what when you take possession of something, you need to sign the title and you need to hold it dear to your heart. You need to say, this is mine. And I know here lately the devil's been really trying to steal people's health. Did you know Jesus already provided healing for you? Can I help you? By Jesus' stripes you are, were, and are. Amen. If you were, then you are. That's what it says. It also it says you were in Isaiah chapter 53, and it says you are in 1 Peter 2.24. I'm telling you are healed. He's already provided. So what the devil's trying to do is take from you what God has given you. Amen. Jeremiah 20, uh, 30, 17 says, I'll restore health unto you and heal you of your wound. I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospered. That's all in the Bible. You need to realize the devil don't come to do anything but to take from you what God has given you. And he said, Here they are trying to throw us out of your possession. And here's what they're here's what they have made up their mind to do. We're not going to let them. Amen. Jehoshaphat Bays said, We're not going to let them. Praise God, we're going to seek you. We're going to find out what we need to do. Come on now. Listen to me. You need to find out what you need to do. Come on now. If I could just get so-and-so to do something, honey, that may be all right if you can get them to agree with you and pray and they are to be doing that. But praise God, there's some things you have to do personally and individually in order to turn that overwhelming situation around. Come on now. I hate being overwhelmed, don't you? And I have been overwhelmed a few times in my life. And I don't like it at all. But if you look at the scripture, you'll find out there was a lot of people overwhelmed. And Jehoshaphat was one of them. David was one of them. Abraham was overwhelmed many times. And if you'll read the different ones. It says, our eyes are upon you. That's the smartest thing you can do is get your eyes off of your problem and get them on Jesus. Your solution. Because if you're not careful, all you'll... Listen to me. Here's how I know when when you're... Here's how I know and everybody else knows when you're eyes are not on God is when all you're talking about is your problem. Because your problem is what your eyes are on. Thank you for your enthusiasm this morning. I'm telling you something. You hear me say this all the time because everybody knows what the devil's saying. You need to find out what God said. Amen. You don't need to be quoting the devil. You know why you ought not quote the devil? Can I tell you why you ought not quote the devil? Because you're not a liar. And he is. So if he's saying something, he's lying. Am I right? Jesus said the truth's not in him. He can't tell the truth. And so the thing about it is when you're quoting the devil, you're telling a lie. In fact, when the devil's speaking to you, you start rejoicing, thinking, glory be to God. I, the devil told me I'm going to die. I'm going to live and declare the glories of my God. The devil said I'm going to go broke. Hallelujah. My God's supplying all my... You need to get your focus on God. You need to look at God. And you look at God through looking at His Word. And so it says, "Here's what he. Here's what he did. it is." Then all Judah, with their little ones, their wives, their children, stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazael, the son of Zachariah, the son of Beniah, the son of Jael, the son. Of, I, I don't know why that mattered, but anyway, they wanted to make you know, you know, his whole lineage. And uh, the, the sons of As, Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, here's what here's what uh, and whatever he said. Here's what he said. He said, listen, all you Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you king Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Amen. Honey, that still holds true today. The battle is not yours, it's God's. You might as well let him help you fight this battle or fight this battle for you, amen? And so he said, the battle is not yours. Now, you understand. You got to understand this is thus saith the Lord. He's given him a word from God. God is speaking this to, 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 uh, through Jehazel uh, to Jehoshaphat, and he's speaking the, the word of God to him, what God is seeing and what God's about to do. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Zeus, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Zer- Zeruel. You will not need, listen to what it says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Get in position. The King James says, set yourselves. And so you've got to get set. You need to set and fix yourself in God and position yourself and be in position for what you need to do next. It says, position yourselves, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. Oh, you Jude and Jerusalem, do not fear nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them for the Lord is with you. Honey, that ought to make you shout because Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you, but I will be with you until the end of the age. He says, it don't matter what you're going through. I'm with you in it. Praise God. Amen. Amen. People said, well, I thought when you got to be saved, you didn't have no more problems. Huh? Who told you that? I'm telling Jesus said in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Listen to me, we're all going to face situations. We're all going to have things that's going to try to overwhelm us. But I'm here to tell you right now, you do not have to be crushed by what the devil tries to throw your way. God is on your side. He's for you. Seek God. Pray fast. Do what you need to do. But get your answer from God because He has it. Listen, The Jehazel, whatever his name is, he was standing up by the word of the Lord saying, here, listen to what I have to say. Listen to what God has to say. It says, then Jehoshaphat, after, after he had said that, Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord worshiping Him. I'm tell, Let me tell you something right now. Worship is a very important part of your life. And it's not just designed to be in church. It's not just to be designed for us to do when we have a leader. It's also awfully easy to do that. But when you're home by yourself, when you're walking out in your yard, when you're out in your pasture, when you're on your job, you are to be able to worship God and praise God for who He is, honey. Listen to me. Listen. The the enemy was still out there. The enemy was still outnumbered. The enemy had already wiped out city after city after city, and all of a sudden, they're bowing their head and worshiping God for what? For what He just told them? Then the Levites and the children of the Korites and the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord with, Israel, with uh, the, the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. Loud and high. You said, I just don't think it's necessary to get real loud. They said they worshiped God and they lifted their voices and praised God with voices loud and high. You said, is it necessary? Listen to me. It's necessary if it's necessary. Mark Hankins' daddy, when his mama was uh depressed and, and been depressed for years and, and was in her home and, and she would uh, just sleep and, and, and just was defeated and such as that. And they got a hold of Kenneth e. Hagin's book on the uh, the authority of the believer. And she started reading that book. They started reading that book and, and all of a sudden they got delivered from that depression. She got delivered from that depression. And all of a sudden, and when she got in church, she would start... Every, it, 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 yeah, anybody ever heard Mark Hankins? And, uh, he said, when, when, when the praise and worship got going real good, she'd start going, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And then she'd take off running around the church. And Mr. B.B. Hankins would stand up there and said, you know, some of you think this isn't necessary. And he'd just say, well, it ain't necessary unless it's necessary. And that was his answer. Honey, sometimes there's things necessary for you to get out of your comfort zone and you to do what God is telling you in your heart to do. Amen? And so I'm telling you something, they were lifting their voices loud and high. You said, is it the louder I said, does the devil have hard hearing or what? No, you can, you can just whisper the name of Jesus. You can just whisper the scriptures. But sometimes it comes out boisterous out of you. Have you ever had a boisterous praise, of a boisterous confession of the word of God? Have you ever been in your house before and you all acted like you was in an auditorium and everybody had to hear you and you just lifted your voice and said, Devil, I'm letting you know right now. Praise God, I'm a child of God. I belong to God and I'm the healed of God. I'm the blessed of God. I'm the prosperous of God with a little volume to you. Huh? People sometimes go to church when it's loud and they get nervous. Oh my God. Is this necessary? You know, I used to be a drinker and a partier. I used to go to the bars. Try to tell them to hush it up a little bit. Now you get in there and get a little filled with what they call the Spirit. And you get a little rowdy and rambunctious. Huh? I I remember I'm, I don't talk about my past or something, but we there every box church down there. They used to have a big a big dance hall. And they, don't raise your hand if you know where that's at because they, they'll peg you right there. And that bar and we lived across the street from it. And we were just kids and stuff like that. And they had a dance every Saturday, Friday, Saturday night. In fact, at it, it a lot of points, we actually was the band. Uh I played guitar and my brother, he's back there, played the drums and a few friends of ours played other instruments. We were just kids. And we'd get up there and play, and we'd we'd rally. But I, there was many times we got in there, and they would have fights. I don't know. You ever go to a bar, they have fights. And I'm telling you, we've been in there where they were bloody fights. And I'm telling you, they were they were cutting each other, stabbing each other, doing all such and that. And we were sitting up there hitting them with belt buckles. <laughs> I'm telling them crazy. But you know, a lot of people, they'll go there, and it don't bother them all. They go to church. Now, preacher, if you keep it quiet, don't get excited. Don't have it loud. Listen, I guarantee you, when they lifted their voices loud and high, God didn't say, "Now hang on, guys, hang on." Let's don't carry this to the extremes. Let's keep it quiet. No, I guarantee you, he was, he was thinking glory. My kids have got a little legumption to them. They're praising out loud, praising God. They don't care who hears them. In fact, you need to. You, you, you don't need to care who hears you. So listen what it said. They're going to do it. So they rose early in the morning and went into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. What's he telling them? You know what Jehazael just told us? You need to believe it. You need to believe what he said. Believe his prophets. He's a prophet. Believe what he said. Believe what he said. And it says, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. So as he consulted with the people, so he had a meeting with the people. That's what he was doing with his consultant. He said, listen, here's what we're going to do. Let me tell you something. I believe God gave him instruction on what to do. Because this is not something we would just think of. Now, here's what we're going to do. We got tons of enemy over there. We got three uh, kingdoms over there that's trying to destroy us. And here's what we're going to do. I want to talk to you a little bit. And i tell you what, I want some of you. I'm going to pick some of you. And you're going to be put before the army. Now, we got all our soldiers back here with their swords and shields and all such as that. But we're going to put you in front. Now, it wasn't so they could slaughter you first. So they can get you first and wear themselves out and then we're going to send the army in to wipe them out. No, no, no. He he was by. He was instructed by God to put the praisers on the front line or in the front and he chose people to do it. I'm going to tell you something. You are chosen one by God to be on the front line to so open your mouth and praise and worship God. Listen, so he told them, here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Say it with me. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. You say, why did he tell them that? It's easy to learn. And it's quick to hear. And plus, they were acknowledging and recognizing God's mercy. And so I'm telling you, when they put them on the front line, they started marching towards the enemy. Listen, you are never a person to retreat. God has not called you to be a retreater. He's called you to be an advancer. He wants you to advance in the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you something, you're going to have to have something in your mouth when you're advancing because the enemy's out to steal, kill from you. But bless God, I'm out to give you the victory. So here's what you do. Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. So all of a sudden, here they go. They go marching towards the enemy. Now notice what it says. They're marching towards the enemy, and evidently there's a hill between them. And so they're marching towards the enemy. The Bible says, when they began to sing, when they started to sing, when they kicked up their voice, when they opened their mouth to say, praise the Lord, for His mercy endureth forever, when they opened their mouth, God went into action. Listen to me, when you open your mouth, there's something happening in the spirit, whether you can see it or not, whether you can hear it or not, there's something taking place. Why? Because God is working. Yeah. I said, God is working. Listen to me, you don't have to wonder if it's working. Listen, they weren't. They didn't see nothing. All they knew is we're headed to the enemy with something in our mouth that's glorifying God. And when they began to sing, listen, Don't ever come to church and sit here because you're having a bad day and keep your mouth shut because that's not going to change your bad day. Don't ever get up in the morning because something isn't going well and keep your mouth shut. You get up in the morning and put something in your mouth if it's not nothing but praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever because if it worked then, it still got some power to work today. Huh? Just a simple praise the Lord. For His mercy endures. What would happen if you just woke up in the morning, lift your hands before you ever got out of bed and said, praise the Lord, for His mercy endures forever. They're new every single morning. The mercies of God are new every morning. And I just rolled into a whole new batch of mercy this morning. Glory be to God. And when they began to sing, <clears throat> when they started, and when they began to sing and to praise, listen to what it said, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sar, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. When they opened their mouth, listen to him, an overwhelming odds. Overwhelming situation. And the only thing they, he, they said, you don't need to fight in this battle. Listen to me. He said, you don't need to fight. And if you don't, and you're not careful, when he said stand still, position yourselves and stand still. you think stand still means we're not got, we don't have to do nothing. <clears throat> That's not the case. Standing still, I believe, is standing still in God and standing in God because they had to do something. They were required to do something. Listen, we're required to do something. If you want something to change, you have to change what you're doing. Insanity is doing the same. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. But I'm here to tell you right now, when they opened their mouth, it set the Spirit of God in motion. Same thing happened in Genesis chapter 1. Remember when God said the Holy Ghost was able to do something? Listen, when you start opening your mouth, say, I'm going to open my mouth. It said, and they start, God set ambushes against Mount Sire. And I, I often ask God this question: I ask Him, well, how in the world does that happen? That, how does that work? That when they begin to sing, all of a sudden ambushes. All the, the actually they begin to turn on each other. The Bible says, "For the people of Ammon and, and Moab and, and uh, stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Sire and utterly killed and destroyed them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Sire, they helped to destroy one another." I'm telling you, what, what were they? Was the was the Israelites fighting? What were they doing? Praising, singing, worshiping. That's what they were doing. And all of a sudden, the enemy's down there killing themselves, and they didn't even know they were doing it. See, when you start praising God and you start opening your mouth, you can't see in the spirit realm, but you ought to know there's something happening. That is not what the devil expects you to do when you're being overwhelmed. He don't expect you to start praising and worshiping God when you're overwhelmed. He thinks you are to be in your house with your shades closed and with with the, with, the, with the darkness in your house. Isn't it amazing how when people are depressed, they go into darkness? The very thing that's got them there is darkness, and they stay in darkness. Honey, you need to lighten your place up. Hallelujah, She's, to God. she's saying that because she wants every light on in the house, and I don't. Now, I don't mean turn on every light in your house. That's not what I'm talking about. You heard me say it, but let me clarify something. I still know how to pull them down when she pulls them up. The light switch. I'm telling you, I can walk in my house and her closet light's on. Wear shoes. You know shoes got to have a little light. The back closet light's on where, where you hardly ever go. She just got some stuff in the closet back there. And she said, Randy, I'd like light. Well, I do too. And I like a little lower electric bill. She said, it don't cost that much. Well, everything... Anyway, let's get off that. Let's get off that subject. I'll be turning out lights tonight, I promise. And so they killed each and destroyed each other when they'd made an end to the habit of sire. They helped to destroy one another. All this is happening, what the Israelis are... Singing. I said, all this is happening while they're singing. Did you know there's some things happening while you're singing? There was things happening this morning while you were singing. I said, there were things happening this morning while you were singing. There was things happening to your circumstances and your situation while you were singing. Glory to God. Do you believe that? I believe every time I open my mouth, something's happening. I might not can see it right then, but I'll eventually see the outcome of it. So when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude and there were the dead bodies fallen to the earth. No one had escaped. Literally thousands and thousands of men were laying dead on the ground and they had to do nothing but sing. What did he say? You don't need to fight in this battle. You don't need to fight in this battle, but you do have to do something. Come on now, I don't consider, uh, you say, well, praising and worshiping is fighting. Well, in the spirit, things are happening, but when you're singing and praising and worshiping God, you're not, thinking, you're not considering it a fight. You're considered a worship unto God and a praising unto God and enjoying His presence. And all the while, there's something taking place in the spirit that's literally annihilating your enemy. Do y'all believe that? Listen, if it happened then, it happens now. And it says, while Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. My goodness gracious, not only did they get the victory, but they had spoil that they had took three days to carry it all home. I'm telling you something, you're going to prosper in this day and hour. You need to stick with God. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barakah Bar- Bar- or whatever it is. For, they were ble- for, they- for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of that place is called the valley of Barakah to this day or the valley of blessing. The valley of blessing. I'm telling you something. You know what you need to do when you get through praising and stuff? You need to start blessing and thanking God for what he's done. You know, you're to thank God for what he's done before you even see it. Amen. Now, listen to the verse 27. Then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat in front of them to go back to Jerusalem with what? Joy. Huh? It didn't say they were going back to Jerusalem with a, a nice bracelet or something like this, but they realized they were going back to Jerusalem with joy. Honey, listen, God wants you to dwell in your house with joy. He wants you going home from church with joy. He don't want you going home the way you came from church, amen? He wants you to be changed and blessed, amen? He said, notice what it says in the part, and I'm just going to close. For the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. For the Lord made them rejoice over their enemy. I'm telling you, you can rejoice over your enemies. I said, you can rejoice over your enemies. What were they doing? Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. And the Bible says they rejoiced over their enemy. Cindy, you can rejoice over your enemy. You can rejoice over your enemy. I said you can rejoice over your enemy. And so can each and every one of us rejoice over our enemies. You don't have to walk around and be depressed and be down and out. You can rejoice over your enemies. If nothing else, you are to put some good praise and worship going on in your home. Change the atmosphere of your house. Change the atmosphere of your vehicle. Listen, the, the, what's going on and what's playing and what you're hearing is going to set an atmosphere in your house, in your life. And I'm telling you, you've got to keep yourself stirred up for God. You need to seek God, pray. Fast was as the Lord leads you. And listen to me, I, I, don't, I don't fast a whole lot, but there. And some people, you can fast. Did you know you can fast a meal? Sometimes God will direct you. Now listen, I'm talking about going by the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I mean, I could sit there and tell you, I'm not going to put my convictions on you. But the thing about it is, obviously fasting was important for them. And praying was important for them. And praising was important for them. And worship was in praying for them. And hearing the voice of the prophet was important to them. And doing what God told them to do is important. And it is important to us. But we have to listen to God. Listen to God. Listen to what He tells you. And then do it. You know, it's, it's sad when we say sometimes, well, you know, the Lord told me this, but yet at the same time, we don't do it. See, there's the answer. See, your answer is in obeying God and doing what He tells you to do. If it worked for Jehoshaphat, now, you're, like I said, that song. that's a pretty good song, Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. You're praising God for His mercy. But the thing about it is we know so much today. I said we know so much today. We, we have such revelation today. We have such knowledge of, of God, even more than what they had. And we're responsible for what we know. See, where much is known, much is required, little is known, little is required. But praise God, the, it also the Bible says we're destroyed for lack of knowledge. So we, we, we can, we need to get a hold of the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God and then start acting on it. Amen. But we already know that we have to use our mouths. The Bible says you're, you're, uh, you're either going to be, uh, justified by your words or condemned by your words. So praise God, what we're saying coming out of our own personal mouths is what's going to make a difference in our lives. Amen. Don't sit around and mope. I'm going to say it again. Don't sit around and mope. You said, don't tell me what to do, Pastor. (laughs) Well, I'm not. The Holy Ghost is telling you what not to do. Huh? Don't feel sorry for yourself. Getting quiet in this Holy Ghost church. Man, you need to rise up, dust yourself off, pull your boots up by the bootstraps, Stand up and say, I'm going to make a stand today. And I am not going to let this overwhelming situation overwhelm me no more. Today, I take control of it. Today, I take authority over it. Today, I'm making a change in this situation. I believe there's a lot of people in here that have been in some overwhelming situations. And you have felt overwhelmed. Almost like a pressing you down and keeping you back. Listen, the devil can't push you down. He can't keep you out. And if that's you, this word was for you today. And if that's you, I want you to stand to your feet. Let me pray for you. And God is fixing to do something. I said, and God's fixing to do something. He didn't have me minister on these le- this line this morning. For no reason. I said what I said today because the Holy Ghost told me last night to preach on this. You know, I don't know who's going to be in church. And I sure don't know your circumstances and your situations, but God does. And God wants to fix some things in your life. And the one thing God wants me to tell you is you don't have to worry about nothing. He said, I'm going to take care of it. He's going to take care of it. No worry, no fret. God says, I've not failed you. I've not failed you. And I'm working. Even though you can't see the effects of it right now, He said, I'm working and making some changes. And things are changing. And you're about to see the results of it very soon. Very soon. Very soon. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God is good, isn't he? Why don't some of you believe or stand up, lay your hands on these? If you see somebody stand up, just go just lay your hands on them. Lynn, right behind you there, Cindy. You guys lay hands on her. If there, was there anybody standing up there? Anybody? Oh, I, I didn't look up there. I apologize. Let's pray with them. Father, we pray right now. For all those that were standing in this house that felt overwhelmed by their circumstances and situations. God, even as Jehoshaphat was overwhelmed, but God, he listened to the word. He sought you. He, he, He prayed. He praised. He fasted. And God, he got a word from you. Father, I pray right now that they will receive a word from you this morning. God, uh, not just the message that I spoke today, but God, that you will give give them an answer. If there's some specifics that they need to do, God, show them and strengthen them, empower them to do it. And in the name of Jesus, these overwhelming circumstances are changing even as we pray right now this morning. God, whether it be in the area of sickness, whether it be in the area of finance, whether it be in the area of family, God, I say these are a job or whatever it may be. These circumstances are changing. They're no longer going to pressure them out of faith or put keep them in fear, but they're being delivered from fear today in the name of Jesus and God. They're going to have faith restored and activated and alive. The anointing of God is destroying that yoke and that burden is trying to hold them back in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I thank you for the anointing of God upon their lives right now. God to cause peace and joy. And I say today, this morning, they are going to rejoice over their enemies. They are going to rejoice over their enemies. They're going to go home and change the atmosphere in their homes. They're going to change the atmosphere on their jobs. They're going to change it. But we praise you, Lord, and declare that your mercy endures forever. We thank you for your mercy today. We thank you for your great grace upon them. Your mighty favor. Your mighty favor in their lives. Surround them with favor as with a shield. Let this be a turning point day. A turning point day, God. God, that the Spirit of God will rise up on the inside of them, heal their bodies, touch their minds. God, I pray that over everybody in this church, to walk in health, to be strong, to take control of their situation in faith, allowing the Spirit of God to lead them, guide them, and direct them. What a mighty God you are today. What an awesome God you are. Devil, I serve notice on you today that these individuals are off-limits. You take your darkness and you flee. We resist you in the name of Jesus. We resist you steadfast in the faith. And God, the Bible says the devil has to flee. So God, I thank you that darkness is fleeing their homes, fleeing their lives, fleeing their minds. And today, God, they're going to walk in joy and peace in the name of Jesus. What a good God you are. What a mighty God you are. What a wonderful God you are. You're our God. You're our God, and we praise you. We praise you, Lord. Come on, just lift your hands and bless Him this morning. We bless you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We, you, Jesus. we magnify you, Jesus. We glorify you, Jesus. What an awesome God. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, 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 Jesus. What a good God you are. What a good God you are. Isn't God good? I said, Isn't God good? Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. What's that with me. I'm blessed. Will not, cannot, shall not be cursed in Jesus' name. Said I'm going forward. Going forward. No backup in me. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. I'm telling you, rejoice over your enemies. Amen. I tell you, God's working on your behalf. I thank you for coming this morning. I hope you got something out of this. I hope you got help. I tell you what, every time I preach, I'm helping myself. So if I don't help nobody else, I'm going to get some help. Amen. Isn't God good? Hallelujah.